Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. All right. Hey, audience, come sit. Sit down. Take a seat. Pull up a chair. Not the. Be- Don't take the beanbag. I'm pretty sure someone peed on that. Dude, beanbags now- are disgusting. They are. They are ripe with germs. Yeah, yeah. the folding chair is good. Take the folding chair. So, over the course of the pandemic, we've kind of gotten lax about a certain thing. And I think now is the time for me to remind everybody that we need to straighten back up. And we need to be ready. We need to be diligent. And we need to be uh, thinking of other people. Can we please... Stop wearing po- masks. <sighs> stop them. Yeah, just stop. Yeah. Hey, gang, we're just done with masks. You know, I'm uncomfortable wearing them at work, which means I think we should all stop wearing them. Yeah, it's the masks. We should just stop it. The thing is, like, yeah, at one point in time, it would have been nice. Do it for your neighbor. You know, you might not get sick, but they will. There's a common courtesy. But I've gotten to know my neighbor recently. And not a big fan, if I'm honest. If they kick the bucket, you know, you know, rent would be cheaper. So right. So all uh, I'm saying is, hey, government, we did what you asked. Time's up. Yeah. <laughs> um. But in all seriousness, keep to yourselves, Spider-Man spoilers for more than one day, please. I'm begging you. All right. We got. Listen, we got all careless. You know, posting WandaVision and Loki spoilers the day it aired on the streaming service. And like, well, I wasn't a fan of it. Like, I get it. Okay. However, this is a little different, guys. Hey, gang, not all of us are able to go see Spider-Man day one. So let's remember our trusty two week rule. Please, please. I'm begging you. Greg, how share you this with everybody. It? You what? work at a movie theater. Yeah, I work. I don't have time all the time. But then you and walk also, in the theater and be like, oh, so they're in this movie. So when I walk in, it's only in like the first five or ten minutes. Okay. And it's only for like 30 seconds. And I just know that unless we get an employee screening, which is a real coin flip at this point, I I am getting it spoiled day one. And I've resigned that. Just like I know that that is my personal fate. I just don't want that same fate to happen to everyone else. Yeah, I'm going to either go see it Wednesday or... Wait, when does it come out? On a Sunday. This past Sunday or next Sunday? The 17th. Um, So in our group chat, a person posted a video of the cast list for this movie. Oh, I didn't look at that. <laughs> Do not go look at it. Okay. Because it either confirms or denies the rumors. Um, and, I don't know. I also think that people are just like making up leaks. You know what? So, I hope that happens. My problem is, is we have a mole on the inside right now. And there might be a spoiler rule like, hey, after you see it, don't say anything. Hey, even before the before it comes out, if you know something that we're not supposed to know, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Like, I uh, like I do not like being curmudgeon about the fact, oh, the internet has ruined everything. Everybody wants instant gratification these days. However, I will say the internet has in fact ruined, you know, keeping movie spoilers to ourselves. If you wanted to scroll on TikTok for 10 minutes, you're going to be spoiled about something. That's just how the internet works these days. And it's, I, I wish we could go to a time where that wasn't the case. I uh, have deleted Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat from my phone and TikTok, but TikTok's been gone for a while. Well, so the, that's wild because you did, in fact, send me a Snapchat two days ago. Yeah, I deleted it today. <laughs> I got rid of Instagram and I'm like, well, I'll get, 
I'll get Snapchat back because who's still on Snapchat? Enough people. Enough. <laughs> so I deleted Snapchat after having it for four days. And now I only have, as far as social media, Pinterest, which doesn't really count, and YouTube, which hardly counts either. So now I have to go into my browser and interact with it that way. So I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm, I might, depending on if we get an employee screening or not, I'm probably going to do a similar route where it's like, it's just Snapchat. We're not, we're not looking at anything on the Twitters, you know, just get on just long enough to tweet the podcast link and that's it. Yeah, dude. It's just, it's not even that you can't trust people. Cause the thing is you also can't trust people to tell the truth. People would just post fake spoilers. Yeah. Cause why not? So I'm just like, also, that's not, it's not interesting content. Spoilers not, are not really interesting not. content. Talking about movies, getting everyone on the same conversation about a movie requires you to be very up to date about what's going on. Like I watched No Time to Die, which we'll get to at the end of this podcast. And by the time I watched it, no one's talking about that movie. It came out two months ago. Yeah, I, I just, I really am not a fan of the people that like do frame by frame trailer analysis, trying Ugh. to figure out every hidden detail. It's like, gang, I, uh, not to yuck your yum, but can we just enjoy the movie, please? <laughs> yeah, at every level, there's people that I go, wow, you're taking this very seriously. And we have a movie podcast, so I'm sure yeah. there's a plot of people looking at us <laughs> being like, okay, you guys take this way too seriously. So, like, if that's your fun, by all means, I'm just saying it's not for me. And just do your best not to ruin everyone, anyone else's experience. Right. Because then that just makes you mean, and I don't like you. And period, end of sentence. Do you want to talk about our movie for this week? Let's do it, bro. All right. December, last month of the year, had to come up with the most important theme that we've ever come up with before. And I would I would say, personally, this is our Dick Van December month. We are highlighting four Dick Van Dyke movies, and we are starting with the classic Mary Poppins. Hey, this movie is 60 years old. <laughs> We're going to do spoilers on it. Sorry, gang. Hate to break it to you. Um, so if you want to skip to the next section, you can do though you can do so at this time code right here. Time code 31 minutes, 12 seconds. Man, this movie is cert it it's old. This movie is old. This movie came out in nineteen sixty-four. This should be part of decades, it's so old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean all of Dick Van Dyke's work would be. All the good stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I, I want to just get like a general tone, you know, to set this off with. Did I you, think have, wait, this, have you have you seen it before? Like three or four times. Okay. Yeah, good. I've I've seen this movie a few times. Sounds good. Uh, what about you? I've seen I owned this movie growing up, so we watched okay. it often. Yeah. So I think I think this movie is definitely a classic. I think this movie holds up. The that that's like the short version of it. The more nuanced version is. Most of it holds up. Uh, most of it holds up. Right. Um. This movie is rated G, and I think this might be. Is this our first rated G movie for the podcast? Um. Let me. The only other one that I can think of is the Lorax. The Lorax was rated PG, so this might be. This might be our I mean, first this rated is our first G. G. Right. Yeah. Um. And it's iconic. It is a classic. Everyone and their mother has seen it for the most part. And, well, except uh, for my mother. Um, I had to show my mother Mary Poppins last year. Oh, my gosh. Dude. <laughs> um, but she liked it. Dude, The watching this after not seeing it for like 15 years awakens something. And then you get to watch this with a totally different lens and not know kind of what's coming or the context of anything. First of all, the music is iconic. And the second thing I noticed yes. immediately is Julie Andrews 
is freaking hot. <laughs> she is. She's very pretty. Yes. She is beautiful, bro. And I, I watched this and I'm like, wow, this is almost distracting. Yeah. Um, Julie Andrews in this versus Julie Andrews in Sound of Music are like two very different aesthetic people because in this it's very, you know, petticoat and fo- it's very formal where Sound of Music is a lot less formal and, you know, like almost like a f- like th- she's in a farm dress for a good chunk of it and her right. hair I think is lighter. I think it's almost blonde in that movie so um it's they're just two very different aesthetics also rio was rated g oh okay that's not bad this is the second one and this one had live action yeah um have you seen the movie saving mr banks i have not and i was not interested in watching that movie until i rewatch until i watched mary poppins today i'm just like oh i now understand why saving mr banks might be an important movie yeah I forgot how big of a character Mr. Banks was in this movie. I like forgot about him. And I watched that movie yeah. having not seen it for like another six years. And I'm like, man, they talk about this guy a lot. Is he really that important? Is he in that much of a movie? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty important. Yeah, because like you go a while without seeing this movie. And the this thing that kind of sticks with you is like, oh, they have... A grumpy dad who wants them to be, you know, their behavior to be uh, stiffened up. But that's kind of his only part in the movie. No, he's in like 40 minutes of this movie. Yeah. And um, listen, the singing isn't that bad. His singing wasn't that bad. He uh, apparently when he was cast in this movie, he was very nervous because this would be his first big singing role. Um, And it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't bad. bad. I don't think anyone. Okay, dude. I don't think anyone's voice was bad. However, there's one person whose voice was bad, but I will let you continue. Growing up, I thought Dick Dick Van Dyke's character, he was just weird. He sounded weird. I didn't think he was British. I just thought he just sounds weird. (laughs) Now, if you ask any British person what celebrity or actor had the worst British accent, they all say Dick Van Dyke. There's a video of, I think, like Variety or like one of the big magazines interviewing British people with that exact question. And you are correct. 90% of them say Dick Van Dyke. And so I think that's why so many of us always botch a British accent <laughs> is because that's what we were taught is like, hey, your two types of British accents are Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the thing is, is one of them is real and the other one is butchered and we have them side by side. Yeah. <laughs> and ooh, and like it, it wasn't I don't think it ever took me out of the movie, but it was definitely one of those things where when he when he did it, he's like, I'm just like, ooh, yeah, I hear it out of the accent. He really did. He really did. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, he just sounds weird. This is not a British accent. He just doesn't know how to talk. And that was good enough for me as a kid. I didn't know what he was trying to do. Um, This movie is also longer than I remember it being. This movie is so long. And there are very dude. specific scenes. They could just straight up cut out, dude. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have one in mind. So here's the thing. The painting, the chalk drawing scene. Fire. Beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous, um, revolutionary. You know, that scene changed how movies were made for the rest of time. We did not need that penguin dance. Yeah, dude. The penguin dance was long. Dude. Um, mm. It was, it was <laughs> real long um 
Also, something that sticks out to me is I, how much do we need the laughing floating to the ceiling? I'm that okay with lot. it. I'm okay with it now because there needed to be multiple events with Mary Poppins that were extraordinary. So yes. I needed to add another one. However, it felt so shoehorned in that I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. And like they, they kept referencing it throughout the movie, which, which kind of gave the illusion that it was important. Right. And, but I, I think that that could have been reworked in some way, shape or form. Um, um, the bank scene. When I was growing up, was always the worst part. Yes. I'm like, great. We got 25 minutes of the bank. This is when you go to the bathroom, get more popcorn. It's brutal for kids because you have no idea what anybody is saying. Yeah. I don't even and know what these. I just... Dude, as an adult in this movie, I didn't know what some of these words meant. <laughs> I don't. There I didn't were... know they were using um, big words. Yeah, and the I think that is probably the one song I would cut is where Dick Van Dyke is singing to the kid about what he can do with his money in a bank account. And I'm like, uh, (laughs) get on with it, man. It was rough. And they're literally just throwing on words like credit, loans, (laughs) compound interest. And we're like- Affluence. I had no idea what they were talking about when I was growing up. I'm like, I literally don't know who any of these people are. Also, I just now realized today that that was Dick Van Dyke as the old man. Yep. mm -hmm. That was something that I knew from the first time I watched it because I watched it in class and so we talked about that part specifically Um, (laughs) however the bank scene does give me two of my favorite things from this movie which is when the when Dick Van Dyke as the old man first like shows up in the scene and he takes like 30 seconds to make one stair step that that was really funny to me where he's just like precariously moving his cane and like taking steps like he's about to step on a landmine that dick van dyke is an amazing physical performer and that i think that isolated bit is proof of that and um the that wasn't thing, in the script that apparently in between me. takes dick van dyke was entertaining the crew just like practicing and pretending he was an old man so then they convinced walt disney because he was like running this film um to build a six inch riser in the boardroom so that dick van dyke could do it <laughs> i it love freaking that fire dude it was so funny and then and it was it was a great intermission for the most boring part of the movie and then the second thing that i liked about that scene is how these two little snot-nosed kids created a city-wide financial <laughs> panic <laughs> Because I don't think the scene itself is that very interesting. However, when I say it like that, like these two kids tried to get their own money back from an old man and cause, I cannot stress this enough, city-wide financial panic. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy because when he, Mr. Banks gets called in to get fired, he goes, you know when the last time this happened? 1776. Have you heard of the Boston Tea Party? And I'm like, you're telling me. Between 1776 and 19. 19- 10 this has never happened and two kids caused it this time so i just thought that was pretty funny um i do want to say i am very generous for kid actors you know they they don't have the experience it's they're kind of just doing this more for fun than anything else right that being said these two are the worst child actors i have ever seen in my life Mm, it was painful I just and like their fit their actual performance like with the words and whatnot and the speaking all kids are bad at that 
Yeah. Sure. And then just like the singing, like the the the, the resume, the ad that the kids wrote together oh, and, yeah. and they're singing to their dad. No thanks. Cut it. <laughs> Cut it. Yeah, dude. And the, the way that like Michael kept cutting in with, I wrote that part too. Shut up. It was Stop supposed it. to be cute, dude. Dude, I'm just this is, I don't even know what to say. Vic, Dick Van Dyke also has 12 jobs in this movie he does it's funny and i'm just now realizing oh what is going on with this man's life because as a kid hey you just don't even pick up on that you're like oh this guy just has fun it is assumed that that bert is homeless right he's gotta be he's gotta be right he is got to be okay you held that you held that pause for exactly one second and i'm like am i about to be roasted because i made an assumption about dick van dyke's character being homeless i don't know if he's actually homeless but we don't see his house he's always on the street and he has seven different jobs and he's doing them all for like spare change yeah so i'm just like yeah even as a kid i'm like once once i saw him do the one man band bit i'm like oh this guy's totally homeless oh i didn't even pick up on it didn't even pick Um, up yeah uh what'd you think of the sister suffragette song with mrs banks she is the only person that i think was a just a bad singer i did not like her voice Mm -hmm. at all yeah Uh, and i didn't like her character at all it was she was very clearly a woman written by a man because she'd be like like oh i'll start the next search right away and then mr banks is like actually i think i'll take over the search and she's like oh yes what a splendid idea right i think that well mary poppins the book was written by a woman or it was a series yeah and uh that was one of like two things that pissed her off most about this movie is how Mrs. Banks was portrayed. And at the end, she's just like, I'll give up the suffrage movement to go fly a kite and just be a stay at home mom to watch these kids. And she walked out of the theater. She, yeah, she, she is by far the worst character. She's, I think she's portrayed well. I think that the actress did a good job. I just didn't particularly love the singing and I don't like how it was written. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I will say, mm-hmm. as a kid, I I could have sworn I I could have sworn I remembered um the canon neighbors being way more important to the movie than they actually were. Dude, same. And now I'm just realizing what is the point? Comic relief because they just messed I up the so. house. I'm like, also, do you know how freaking crazy it is that your neighbors shoot off a cannon? And also, it, do you know how powerful that cannon would have yeah. to be to shake your house this next is, door? This is an earthquake you're experiencing <laughs> every day at eight o'clock. Yeah. But I listen, I think those characters are funny. They're they they are just caricatures of people that don't exist right. and they're only there for two seconds. But I, I will always remember them. Um I have more questions. Yeah. I, I have I have more questions about the dude the assistant dude than the actual yeah, neighbor himself. The Smee to the Captain Hook. Yeah. What does that guy do? <laughs> also, is this his job? Because one is obviously yeah. retired Navy. And yeah. the other one is getting paid by a dude who definitely has PTSD and is going senile. But he's like, listen, I got to help him out. He's got some money. <laughs> so this guy built a ship on top of his house and he shoots cannons at the neighbors. He's paying me 20 bucks a day to put fake gunpowder into this cannon. They're like, whatever, man. Um, So these kids look like they could be in Sound of Music because they're freaking Hitler youth, bro. <laughs> Oh my god they are freaking german af 
<laughs> yeah, I, 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 I see. Where, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. I saw them they, and I'm like, "Whoa, these guys are not English. They're German." <laughs> and James looks forty. <laughs> he might be small, but he's got a forty-year-old's face. Yeah, the, I, I, I was not a big fan of the kids, which kind of sucks because the movie's about them. <laughs> yeah, sure is, dude. Also, I could have sworn there was a third one, but <laughs> dude, I guess me not. Too. Me too. I'm like, <laughs> the two came out, and I'm like, Where, is there anybody else? <laughs> Is that it? Also, uh, the music, the song music in this movie, very good. I liked pretty much all of the songs. The score, though, yeah. could have used a little bit more work. I do. The score made me feel like this was a, a theater performance, and this was the music you play during scene changes. Yeah, so they had that tone even during what I would consider high action scenes. And the scene that made me think about that is when Mary Poppins first shows up and all of those nanny applicants are being blown in the wind. It is the most peaceful little do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
that happened? I'm like, she freaking gaslighting these kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, that didn't happen. And so I just thought it was such a weird change of character. Like, it's one thing when they're in the laughing scene and she's like, I don't want to get up there. That's, you know... That's not who I am. I'm not about that. It's another thing when she's like, oh, you kids imagined it. How on earth would I have done that? Excuse me? What? I'm like, you're gonna, you're teaching these kids that they're crazy. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And I remember when that happened, I'm like, well, this is kind of malicious. What is <laughs> happening? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Very much. Another one of my favorite parts growing up was the when they're doing the chase in the fox. That fox is funny, dude. Yeah. It's got like, it's like Scottish and it's just got quips the whole time. It was, I was <laughs> actually laughing. Um, Did you know that Uncle Albert, who is the guy in the laughing was, scene? Was in is, Alice in Wonderland? Yeah, Mad the Hatter. Mad Hatter. I mm-hmm. heard his voice and I'm like, this guy is giving me serious Alice in Wonderland vibes. And then I looked yep. it up and I'm like, oh, it's because he was in this movie 13 years after he did Alice in Wonderland. It's just like one of the, his voice is so familiar. It's like, I know this voice, like the back of my hand, but oh, yeah. for some reason I cannot place it. And then I looked it up as Alice in Wonderland. I'm like, that is the only place. Yep. This n- never has a connection made more sense than this one right here. I heard it thought Alice in Wonderland I'm like I bet you they I initially thought oh they wanted this guy to be modeled after the Mad Hatter I'm like so they just cast a guy who could do impressions and I'm like oh no they just got the guy yeah so I think the the step in time scene favorite part good. whole movie yeah it, whole, dude I, I, it was my favorite part growing up top 10 now it's probably tied with the first time that mr banks meets mary poppins step in time freaking banger bro okay i think that step in time would have benefited from not being so late in the movie because by the time we get to step in time i've already kind of checked out because we are post bank scene and anything that runs long post bank scene. I'm like, let's wrap it up guys. Come on. We're yeah. on our way out. Yeah. It should have been moved up too. But the, I remember just the dance numbers. Yeah. It's good. It's a fantastic it's freaking dance. Sick dude. And I remember being like, man, I want to be in this movie. I want to be in that scene. I hate. Okay. First of all, this movie drops wisdom throughout the entire thing. Yes, it does. Like actual real life. Life is going to be hard. Let's teach you how to do it. And they dropped dimes this entire time. And it was impressive. That being said, I hate Feed the Birds. That song sucks. Yeah. And yep. Mm-hmm. The whole snow globe sequence was annoying AF. But you can't cut that out and also have the bank scene. And you can't cut out the bank scene, bank scene because the dad would never get fired. If the dad never gets fired, then the kids never get to go fly a guy with them. So I understand and- it's important, <laughs> but I yeah. hate it. I hate the whole, that whole act. Um, shout out Julia, uh, Andrews for winning her Oscar because she freaking deserved it, which is yes. even crazier when you find out this is her first movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Yeah. De- well earned. Well um, earned. This movie got nominated for 12 Oscars and won five. That's and good. And still yeah. the most successful Disney movie ever made. That's crazy. As far as awards go. I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Were you, did you watch, uh, Mary Poppins Returns? Uh, with Emily Blunt, I have not. I okay. will be watching it after this, though. I feel like I have to. Yeah, I liked it. <clears throat> it definitely was like a... I saw it in theaters, and I have not seen it since. So this is a working memories, working memory of three and a half years ago. But I, I definitely remember leaving that movie being like, they didn't catch lightning in a bottle twice, but they got kind of close. Like, all the Mary Poppins elements are there, and like, it definitely looks better. Hey, 
I'm glad I'm glad they made a Mary Poppins with better computer effects. Yeah. But like it, it's and it's good. It's not great. I genuinely liked Lin-Manuel Miranda in it. I liked Emily Blunt in it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there is instead of um being chimney sweeps, uh, Lynn is a lamplighter. Oh, and the lamplighters have a very similar dance to Step in Time, and uh, again, that dance slaps. <laughs> um, I will say that there's there's elements of this movie that can't be replicated. Um, this movie made me sad a couple times. Okay. Um, when it started raining and Bert's oh, yeah. paintings just they're like, Oh, Bert, your paintings is like, it's okay. And I'm like, it's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. And I remember when I was a kid being like, that was bad, bro. That made me feel so bad. Um, and then at the end when they're like, you're going to leave without saying goodbye. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Heartbreaking. And then Bert's like, I'll see you around Mary Poppins. Don't be gone too long. And I'm like, so this is your girlfriend by the way and she just leaves and you don't know when she's coming back well i think the theory is like the general internet headcanon is that mary poppins nannied bert when he was the the same age as the banks children and that's why he knows her so well and mary poppins just isn't real or it just doesn't age or something yeah like she, that. she she doesn't age because gotcha. she's the same age when emily blunt comes in which i think is canonically 30 years later something really to that effect that mary poppins lore dude what is my life because <laughs> like it makes me sad that she leaves and she's never gonna see these kids again and now bert's like without her for an undetermined amount of time and that makes me so 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 sad yeah i agree just i i really i think that bert and mary genuinely had the best male female platonic relationship that movies have seen in a very long time oh not even it's not even close to they're just there's best some flirtiness and i love it where he's like you look amazing um but like nothing ever comes to it they dance together there's no kissing there's no even hugging there's just none of that happens yeah so if you ever want halloween costumes for you and your opposite sexed best friend to go as a burton mary costume would probably go pretty far Dude, also, a chimney sweep is very easy easy to dress up as. Yeah. Did you want to give this one a rating? Flat seven. I'm thinking seven and a quarter. Um, Some things to make this movie, you know, jump up in rank. Be 30 minutes shorter. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's kind of the big one. That's kind of the big one. Um, For me, it's just like I wish um, the last act didn't have those dips. Yeah. Because the bank scene was hard and the feed the bird scene was hard and going back to the bank to get fired was hard. So like all that stuff, I'm just like, I don't, this is not entertaining and this is for kids. So you're having a lot of adult elements in a kid movie and I'm like, ah, just take it out, take it out. You're slowing the momentum. Um, but other than that, man, it's it's freaking classic, and I stand by it. It is. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right, let's move on to our improv segment. Alexander, what do you have? Um, we got a new one because uh, I get bored easily. And this one's called Mastermind. Because um, in improv, we have to make scripted things. We have to make the same quality of scripted things, but made up. So Mastermind is here are things that take lots of time to make sort of like how we have speeches and we had an improv segment where those are supposed to take a long time to create and you have to make it up well as a mastermind do you plan on hitting your microphone six more times i'm gonna, i'm thinking about it so as a mastermind 
as a mastermind, we're going to come up with an Ocean Eleven style heist off the cuff. Okay. And through conversation, we'll discover obstacles, solutions, members of the team. And we'll just figure out how we're going to pull this off while we're planning it. And we'll see how it goes. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. I think I so, get it. I, get I it. think the only thing we need, because we're going to have to create characters as we do this, is you and I are best friends. And we're planning on robbing a bank. Okay. And that's everything else can be whatever. All right. So, uh, obviously, um, the most important part of planning a heist is to choose the right mark. All right? right. Now, we could go big. All right? We could hit, you know, the state. We could hit the Federal Reserve. Right? Too big. Right. Too big, right? Why? We could hit what? Why Why is it too big? Because it's going to have super tight security and we would probably die. What if I told you I knew a person on the inside and they could make that tight security loose? Okay, I tell you that I would be listening. So here's what our plan is. We stage a series of 10 different heists, all of them very badly, and we lure them into a false sense of security. So much so that they're like, oh, we don't need as much security because the the tier of heists that are coming at us right now are unremarkable. And then okay. on the 11th heist is when we come in. So we have to do sort of like an escalation of heists or even a de-escalation of heights. I think we do a de-escalation. They, they need sure. to get worse as they go along, all right? Because we but need to I, convince them that there's, they have a lot of security right now, budget cuts, whatever. We need to convince them that instead of 10 guys on a gate, they could do with two because the, so, because the expectations are so low. Here's what I think that we need to do. Sure. We need to rob the first bank successfully and okay. then everything after that it goes poorly right first one gets everyone's attentions they have our eyes on us Sec second through tenth that's where we botch it and when we say we we mean guys we hire off the street that obviously have no idea what they're doing and we give them false information Yes. Okay. So let's talk about our budget for this. How much can we pay people to poorly rob a bank? I'm thinking we could probably hire guys off of Fiverr. I think also we could play them a flat rate and then say, listen, we know this isn't very much money, but when you rob it, you get 70% and we split the 30. So really we pay them like 10 bucks an hour. <laughs> And then they rob it, thinking they're gonna get more money, and then, you, and then they get arrested, and we never All have right. to. We never have to share the profits. All right. Uh, obviously, next we have to figure out our car situation. Let me introduce you to my guy, David. All right. David deals exclusively in armored Honda Civics. All right. However, the Honda Civics have to be at least 15 years old in order for the registration to go defunct, and he can armor them up, and we can use them in our heist. So what I think we should do is we should hire a very good driver who's the driver for all of the heists. Yes. And every time he drops them off and just leaves. Yes. And we just keep him. We keep the same car to save money. Keep him the whole time. So he gets more and more experience with getaway routes and stuff like that. And he just keeps taking people there to the deaths, you know. Or okay. arrest and, you know, whatever the police decide to do that day. Obviously, next, disguises, all right? right? Now, I think that the guys that we hire to do their jobs, they dress as whatever they want, you know, or their job. we can have them dress as each other. Okay, I'm They listening. give them the feeling that no one will recognize me, but they're going in groups. <laughs> so, yes, they are not 
looking like themselves, but we don't have to worry about, you know, well, this is actually an accurate disguise. Because if they get away with it, let's say they walk in and be like, oh man, they get shot, whatever. And then they, <laughs> you know, steal a car and drive away. We still need them to get caught down the road because then they're going to come back for us. So if they just go as a different guy in the crew, quick maths, the cops will figure out who it is. Okay. So I also think that we need to think about our disguises when we get to the Federal Reserve. All right. Right. I think that we need to go dressed as the minions from Despicable Me because they will be so put off by what we are wearing that that is our distraction opportunity to move forward and execute our plan right or we could go as minions dressed up as kids who are dressed up as minions so i also think that to make this costume complete we also bring uh little uh hollowed out pumpkins so we can go trick-or-treating they let us into the bank thinking we're trick-or-treaters obviously this will have to wait until next year's halloween right and you know they let us into the bank and we say excuse me sir can we have some money for twick or tweets and they say yes because who can say no to a kid right and they let us into the vault we kill the guards that let us into the vault we put the money into the pumpkins Mm -hmm. and we walk out of there easy peasy lemon squeezy we're probably gonna need a wagon with multiple pumpkins (laughs) you're right you're right um i think we should look into getting hackers okay um it's usually standard operating procedure to hire one i think we should get three Yes. And have our, like, whoever hacks the best on that heist gets the majority of that hacker money to incentivize top performance. Because I think hacking is low risk. No one's going to trace it back. These are banks, bro. Yeah. No one's ever tracked an IP before. Right. And I'm saying in order to get these hackers motivated, because we want them to do the best job, have them motivated by money. Because if they don't operate well, the two guys next to them are going to get most of it. So little, little hackathon going on on the side. All right. Final thing is how we launder the money. All right. How do we get this money clean? How do we clean this money? You just said the same thing four different ways. And I have two words for you. Strip club. All right. Getting a little Ozark on us. So what we do is we go into the strip club. Actually, that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> Were you going to say that, that we just tip strippers, you know, $10 million yes. and now the money's clean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily work. <laughs> no, that's the biggest plot twist of them all. The the heist was masterminded by the strippers to begin with. Sweet. So are they paying us? That's why they're paying us. So we're getting paid by strippers to pay other people. And then when we rob it, we give the money back to the strippers. You got to spend money to make money, man. How do we know they're not doing to us what we just did to nine other groups of people? You know, when you say it like that, technically we don't. Well, it's a good thing these strippers don't carry cox gun. (laughs) There was a really good joke in there, but I couldn't make it. So I just went with cox gun. Yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Um, We are obviously good heist planners all those years of gta is planning off right next time on mastermind we're gonna have to plan like uh, first thing that came to my mind was a pharmaceutical heist i don't even know what that is <laughs> do we just walk up to the hospital and steal a bunch of pain meds to fuel the, <laughs> the opiate crisis i guess like selling for What's a lot of money up? on the street i got a thousand pills of lexapro <laughs> right. who wants to be balanced <laughs> and or not so unhappy. 
Um, all right, let's move on to our middle segment. This is an old one, all right? Okay, Going sure. into the vault for this one. Do you remember when we first started and all of our segments had to be a pun on the phrase podcast? Yes. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. <laughs> I wish we did. It's so good. Because we gradually well, phased it out. We never even talked about it. Yeah, so this is Have Pod and Cast Ever Met? So what I have done is I have prepared several rounds of two actors and they're bunched in groups of three, and you have to tell me which pair of actors have not worked together, all right? Okay. So, a few things. Um, I did not go with voice roles, so all the movies that these actors would be in together are live action. Okay. And um, I didn't count, like, cameos or, like, five-second walk-ons, you know, credited as self type stuff. Gotcha. That, that's all out the window as well. I will so say I am particularly good at this kind of thing, so I'm hoping you brought the heat. Okay. Well, now I'm incredibly nervous. Okay. So, here is your first group. Natalie Portman and Zachary Levi, Vanessa Hudgens and Mads Mikkelsen, and Anya Taylor-Joy and Adam Driver. Which of those pairs did not appear in a movie together? I think the last two are legit. The first one's throwing me off. Zachary Levi has not been in very much stuff. Yeah, not really. He was he did a lot of TV before he did movies. Right, and Natalie Portman is almost exclusively movies, but she's been in so much stuff that he could have been in any of her things. However, they're both musically inclined. They are, yes. Tricky. If you have not listened to First Date with Zachary Levi, mm, high quality stuff. Which makes it tricky because I don't watch a lot of musical stuff, which means these guys could have been in a movie that I never saw and or was interested in. But Vanessa Hudgens and Mads, that seems like a, like, you know, a B-list celebrity heaven. So I want to assume that that exists. And the last one, I have complete confidence that they've done a movie together, even though I have no proof to back it up whatsoever. So I'm going <laughs> the first one. Doesn't is not real. All right. Vanessa Hudgens and Mads Mikkelsen were in a movie called Polar. It's a very bad John Wick type movie. Sweet. Don't watch it. Natalie Portman and Zachary Levi were in Thor The Dark World together. Oh. Anya Taylor-Joy and Adam Driver have not been in a movie together. Anya Taylor have been, she's been casting a lot of stuff coming up following the success of uh, her chess show. Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. And it just seemed like the next logical step. Yeah, fair. So, All right. Good job on Next that grouping. One. Remy Malik and Dwayne Johnson, John Krasinski and Bradley Cooper, and Jeremy Irons and Jennifer Lawrence. These are so hard. <laughs> I was hoping they were going to get easier. <laughs> I think there are some easier ones scattered in. Oh. I have six rounds. So we have so it's this and four more. First of all, Jeremy Irons, dude. <laughs> he's I, been in a lot. He's, he's been, been in, in a lot. So much stuff. And the only thing that comes to my mind right now is Lion King. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which makes it a little hard to think if he's done anything <laughs> with Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Dude, I'm drawing a blank on all these. All right, start from the top. Remy Malik and Dwayne Johnson. John Krasinski and Bradley okay. Cooper. Remy Malik is too much of a serious actor to be in something with Dwayne Johnson. What's the next is, one? Are you, uh, John Krasinski and Bradley Cooper. They could be in a, uh, for some reason, American Hustle is coming to mind. I don't know if Krasinski was in that one. And um, Jeremy Irons and Jennifer Lawrence. The only movie I can see Jennifer Lawrence being in with Jeremy Irons or Irons being in with Lawrence because I've seen most of her movies. She wasn't super popular for very long. She was also in American Hustle. <laughs> I would say Red Sparrow and he would fit that pretty well. I don't even know what he would play, but his vibe fits that. Um, 
The first one, Remy Malik and Dwayne Johnson, does not make any sense. So I have to go with that one. All right. Jeremy Irons and Jennifer Lawrence were, in fact, in Red Sparrow together. That was very good. John Krasinski and Bradley Cooper were in Aloha together. Oh, gotcha. uh, Emma Stone piece. Forgot about that. Yeah. And Remy Malik and Dwayne Johnson have not been in a movie together. Remy Malik is a freaking serious actor, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's take our binoculars and look at all three Night at the Museum movies. Zoom in on <laughs> those point. a little bit. Good point. You know, we, uh, we all have to do something to get in. All right. Uh, next group. Sasha Baron Cohen and okay. Amy Schumer. Uh, Jamon Hansu. They're too funny not to be in a movie together. Jamon Hansu and Jason Momoa and Charlie Theron and John Goodman. Okay. Amy Schumer is a dark horse in this. De- the second one, they've definitely been together. Amy Schumer's just been in a few too many things for me to know if she's ever in a movie. Yeah, it's kind of like those like train wreck type movies to kind of like really. Yeah, and I'm like, and I've. It's not that I don't think she's hilarious. I just don't see her movies. Yeah. And because she's made so many, like for instance, I know she's in a movie with Jason Bateman. Yeah. And I know she's in a movie. Actually, Hold I don't on. know if she's in a movie Let, with anybody uh, else. Hold on, let's hold on. Are you maybe thinking of Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. Because Melissa so this McCarthy got even harder, was, in, was an identity thief with Jason Bateman. Dude, I bet you she's <laughs> oh, this is so bad. <laughs> right when you think you know something, dude. I did not expect this one to be the one to trip you up. I'm gonna say that one. I just don't know anything. Wait a second. Who did you say she was getting paired with? Sasha Baron Cohen. Do they have to have worked together? I, I, never mind. I'm pulling out. They have to. That one's it sticks too good. I'm gonna go the last one against my better judgment. Charlize Theron and John Goodman. Yeah, I think they have. All right. So Jamon Hansu and Jason Momoa were in fact in Aquaman together. Yeah. And Sasha Baron Cohen and Amy Schumer have not been in a movie together. Dude, I was like, I. Should have went with my gun that one. Charlize Theron and John Goodman were an atomic blonde together. Freaking knew it. Freaking knew it. I bet he was like her handler or something too. Like I freaking uh, said. I called it, dude. I'm a freaking idiot. Go with your gut. All right. Margot Robbie and Sebastian Stan. Wait. I'm going I'm through. Waiting. Sebastian Stan has not, and Margot Robbie hasn't been. She was not a thing before Wolf on Wall Street. So that's a very short list of movies I can think of she was in. Um... I'm going to say Suicide Squad, Wolf on Wall Street, I, Tanya, um, Bombshell, which no one watched, uh, that movie with Will Smith with their con men. Focus. And that's about it. So, <laughs> she's, so if he's not in any of those, I think I'm um, safe. Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. But we, I saw that one. I've seen most of these movies. I'm going to say if she's in anything, she's if Sebastian Stan would be in I, Tanya. Okay. Margot Robbie and Sebastian Stan. Hugh Jackman and Seth Rogen Ooh, and Nicole Kidman okay. and Ewan McGregor. They're 100% in a movie together. If they're not in a movie together, I'm a freaking idiot. I'm saying the second one. Margot Robbie and Sebastian Stan were in I, Tanya together. Facts. And Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor were in Moulin Rouge together. Yep. Makes sense. I'm just one of those names that you're just like, oh, that makes sense. Freaking bet the house on it, dude. Yeah. So, um, let's see. I'm two for two. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're 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 fifty percent. Really, two and two, not two yeah. for two. Amy Adams and Adina Menzel. Okay. Pause. Both yep. singers. Yes. However, I don't know anything about Adina Menzel besides like Broadway level stuff. Mm-hmm. And Amy Adams has been in too many movies. So, just kind of a coin flip on that one. So. It's going to be singing related because there's no way it's not, which means it would probably be like Enchanted, which I haven't watched in a while. And it's probably, I can't think of anyone else. I'm, it'd probably be Enchanted. I think that's the only singing movie Amy Adams has been in. 
Um, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say chalk it up to she's an enchanted. Kate Blanchett and Helena Bonham Carter. Okay, Kate Blanchett is who? The name's so familiar. I'm just trying to put a name to the face. Did you watch Ocean's Eight? Yeah. She's the blonde in Ocean's Eight. She spells it C, right? Yep. I freaking knew it. She looks like that too. And Helen Bonham Carter. Well, that's a crapshoot because those are both movies I'm never going to see. So who knows? Sandra Bullock and Chris Hemsworth. Oh. So this, now we have to do what we did in the last one. Chris Hemsworth has not been in that many movies. Pre-Thor, you're correct. So unless it was pre-Thor, there's a pretty good chance that they've never done a movie together. Because everything, he doesn't have time for anything that's not Avengers related. So outside of Avengers, I can think of Extraction, which I didn't watch. all. Oh, I did watch all the way through. She's not in that. 12 Strong, which is the horse movie. She could be in that, but I don't think she would do that. Men in Black. Men in Black, which she wasn't in. I saw that one. Um, yeah, that one doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what the... I don't remember what the second one is, but the third one doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Okay, so you're locking in the third one? Yeah. Amy Adams and Adina Menzel were in fact in Enchanted together. What's up? And Kate Blanchett and Helena Bonham Carter were in the 2016 Cinderella movie together. Yeah, dude, I was never going to get that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know three Helena Bonham Carter movies, uh, not including Harry Potter. And Kate Blanchett, I could not name one outside of Ocean's 8. So freaking, that was a crapshoot. All right, final one. So you're at, if you get this wrong, you're at 50%. If you, okay. I'm going to say it's a win-win. Yeah. yeah. Paul Rudd and Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. Jason Sudeikis and Ed Helms. Okay, that one, I get those two confused. So if they have not been in a movie <laughs> together, I'm in big trouble. And Meryl Streep and Taylor Swift. But they're both singers, and singers can only make so many movies. <laughs> so the second one, I'm just going to chalk up to the, they're the same person. So of course they're going to be in the same movie. Taylor Swift has been in Valentine's Day and then Tonight Show appearances. I don't know <laughs> any movie she's been in. Um, what's the first one again? Paul Rudd and Daniel Radcliffe. Can see the thing is after Harry Potter, um, Daniel Radcliffe just started doing anything. Yeah. And Paul Rudd seems like just a happy look go lucky guy who would one hundred percent sign on to a project with that. Um I'm gonna say Taylor Swift was in a singing movie. The only one I can think of what is Cats. <laughs> and, and uh Hellbaum and uh Meryl Streep, because she's on a very short list of singers, had to have been in that. I don't know for sure. I might be getting her confused with someone else. But Taylor Swift's only been in and Valentine's Day and probably Cats. And then the rest is going to be the soundtrack stuff, probably. Second one, they're the same person. So I'm going to go the first one. is isn't real. Taylor Swift and Meryl Streep were in The Giver together. You were thinking of Judy Dench. See? You know what? I'm figuring, like, it's a short list, dude. She can sing. So I'm like, she's in Cats, bro. She was in The Giver? Yeah. Taylor Swift was in The Giver. Mm-hmm. She I is saw the that movie lead in- female in The Giver. And uh, Paul Rudd and Daniel Radcliffe have not been in anything together. So Jason Thanks. Sudeikis and Ed Helms were in We're the Millers. Of course, dude. Of course. They're the yeah. same freaking dude. Dude, four out of six. Not bad. You, I, I, you know, I really felt like I was bringing the heat. You also brought the heat. I think it's when you realize that the singing stuff makes it easy because only so many people can do those movies. So even if I got it wrong, which I did, I got it right. <laughs> so. Which, but that logic doesn't even make any sense because the movie that they were in was The Giver. Right. Um, and then uh, all the stuff is like you just need to you don't even need to watch the movie. You need to realize like are these two like Sandra Bullock and Chris Hemsworth. You have to go through whoever has the shortest career. Remember all the movies you can. And then when the movies, you get to movies you haven't seen, be like, is Sandra Bullock the kind of person who would do a horse movie about war? 
<laughs> Probably not. She's an executive producer, and that's how I just figured it out. But you need to, well, I don't know. I feel yeah, like you would be pretty six. good at this, too. Um, I did very bad at this. When, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the third time we've done it. This is the first time that I've brought the list. Mm-hmm. I think both times that I was the player, I got, like, less than half. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh so, boy. May, so maybe in a month or two, I, you can bring it and I'll redeem myself. Sounds good. Hit Are me with you that ready? one hit. For one hit wonder. It's called Weird Flex. Um, so we do a lot of, is this cool? Is it not cool? And I bring things to you. Um, some, all of these things are on the spectrum of cool. They were cool at one time. They're cool now, or they just left popularity. I'm going to have you decide, is it cool, cool adjacent or uncool? If it's uncool, I want you to figure out what has replaced it. And if it's cool adjacent, what would it take to get back into the zeitgeist? And if it's still cool, it's still cool. Okay. And I got 10 things for you. We're going to start off with AirPods. Cool, uncool, cool adjacent. They're cool adjacent. And I think that they hold a, a, a status of elitism still. Okay. And and if that kind of went away, I think they would be cool. Because I think elitism is kind of like a double-edged sword where like you don't want too many people to have it but you also don't want to appear douchey when you have them and i think airpods teeter that line almost every single day Mm -hmm. i think there are enough people that still brag about having airpods that makes them cool adjacent so if people stopped bragging about their airpods they would be cool i think the thing is like airpods is like what the apple watch used to be yeah but now everyone has an apple watch so i think they're cool it's not as much as uh, stats thing. All right, next one is Starbucks. Uncool. I don't think it's lame. I just don't think um, it's not like exciting. Gotcha. What would it take? What would for them um, to be cool again? Or no, rather, this is not what would it take. It's what has replaced Starbucks. What is the cool thing now that Starbucks used to be? I think um, local coffee houses. I think local yeah. coffee houses are pretty cool. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, number three is fingerless gloves. I okay. Hold on. <laughs> the joke answer is they're uncool, and the thing that replaced them were th- are the gloves that yeah. have hoods on them that you can take off so you could use your phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, that sounds like a pretty real answer to be honest. <laughs> Um, I think I, again, I think they're just uncool again, not lame, just not for me. Okay. So, so yeah, I just think normal gloves are fine or pockets. (laughs) So you're telling me fingerless gloves were replaced by gloves. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good to me. All right. Number four is aftermarket car speakers. Uncool. Dude. Oh my God. Nothing screams attention whore. Like... Aftermarket car speakers. Like vibrating windshields. Oh my God. And the main reason I say that is because I live, you know, somebody pulls up to my apartment building every day at like 1130 PM blaring bass and he parks right outside my window. Oh no. So, hey, do you know what replaced aftermarket car speakers? Common decency. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, number five is visors. Visors are cool. Wait, 
Hold on. Are we talking like those like poker, those like green poker visors? Golf visors, those visors, visors in general. A, a hat a, like that where the top of the hat is missing. Okay. I'm going to say cool adjacent. And what we're missing is a new design, right? Because the main two visors we have are clear those those visors or the golf visors. And I think if we got one that was just objectively more stylish, if, if, if it wasn't that you know almost like pant material to Mm -hmm. it i think that there could be some potentially cool designs on it that made it better so i'm gonna say they're cool adjacent they're almost there number six is self-help books cool adjacent so we're not we have a lot of stuff that just straight up isn't cool (laughs) (laughs) does all this Um, stuff is cool adjacent or just uncool none of None of this stuff has been cool yet. Because I think a lot of self-help books are, I think a lot of authors of self-help books write it more for themselves than for other people. Okay. So I, I, I think it would have to take a truly selfless author to make a good self-help, self-help book. And I, I, don't, I don't know where I would find that. Got you. Um, cologne. Cool. Cologne is cool. Interesting. Next Again, have- but like, listen, don't go hard on it. Listen, yeah. when everybody says two spritz is enough, they mean it. Hey, gang, they mean it. Yeah, there's not a lot of people who are on the fence about cologne. I feel like everyone has a pretty passionate opinion. Yeah. Much like number eight, mullets. Mullets are cool. Oh, I can mess yeah. with a mullet. Not, it wouldn't work on me, but the people that it does work for, it works for. That's two in a row. Uh, number nine, ADD and ADHD. I mean, I think, listen, <laughs> from a personal <laughs> level, it's cool adjacent. What would make it cool is me being medicated for it. <laughs> <laughs> so ask me that question again in a month. <laughs> Sounds good. And number 10, astrology and zodiac signs. I think it's cool. Um, It's one of those things that personally, I, the level in which I take astrology is I will have an astrology video come up to my For You page and it'll be like the signs, uh, like like give, assigning each sign a frog. And like the Aquarius one will be a frog playing a little ukulele on a, on a lily pad. And I'm like, heck yeah, that is an Aquarius frog. That's about as far as I take it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, because the thing is, no one ever, and I might be wrong in this, because I don't, it's uncool for me. I'm just like, I couldn't care less. No one ever clicks on the video if it's not their sign. Does that is Well, I check mine. And then maybe a friend's or significant others or maybe siblings. But you're just like, I want to see how much worse theirs is than mine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You always hope for the best for yours. Right. And that's all I got, man. Yeah. uh, Weird flex. Weird flex. Weird flex, um, uh, What else have you been watching? So I watched all the James Bonds. You uh, really All the did. Daniel Craig ones. You did. I watched all the Daniel Craig ones back to back to back to back. And I did it in um, in a week. And I cannot tell you how unfortunate it is that the first one was the best one when there's five movies. Yeah. That makes yeah. me so sad. Um, do you want to do like a definitive, like, can you put those five in order? 100%. Like worst to best? 100%. Um, so I have worst to best. The worst one is definitely Quantum of Solace. Everybody knows it. Quantum of Solace um, didn't have a script when they were going into it. Um, and 
It might have been during the writer's strike. I can't remember. But Daniel Craig got to the point where he was upset. He goes, I'm never, ever signing onto a movie without a a nailed down script. Because he signed on to that movie and they started filming when the script was still in the works. And you can tell. um, It's the only movie. It's the movie with the most callbacks. Um, It's literally a a sequel to the first one. All the other ones are in chronological order, but they're not sequels. That one is a sequel to the first one. So that one's hands down the worst one. Um... The tricky part is I think the next one would be either Spectre or No Time to Die. And I personally put Spectre, then No Time to Die. No Time to Die is in the middle. Actually, to be honest with you, I put um, Skyfall next. Skyfall has cool themes. It gets... it's. The most serious out of all of them. Um, as far as like emotions, where did this James Bond come from? You go to see his childhood home and stuff like that. Um, and that's Skyfall. And then M dies. So there's a lot of heavy themes. However, it is not very James Bond. Um, and the fact that like it it was a, it was a departure and nothing really interesting happens. The bad guy was cool. Um, that was Javier Javier Bardem's character, uh, psychopath who is a former MI6 agent who um almost died on a mission it's whatever uh, i'm going skyfall <laughs> then i'm doing specter and specter uh the tricky part with that is it's it ended the series because i didn't know if daniel craig was going to come back so it put the whole franchise in a point where oh it could end now and then it didn't so knowing that you're like well i don't know if we really need this also the bad guy wasn't very scary for me which is always a problem then i'm putting no time to die and the only reason no time to die is up this high Skyfall in most lists is going to be switched with No Time to Die. Um, Except for because I watched all of them so closely, I'm going to get everything. Every single callback, I'm going to get. Every single character reference, I'm going to get. There's character references, plenty of them, from Casino Royale. Let's talk about No Time to Die since we're on it right now. Sure. Um, Remy Malek is the worst Bond villain I've seen. It's bad. Oh, It's real bad. It's not the worst one ever for James Bond. It's hands down the worst one for um, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. And another, the issue I had with this movie, it's uh, the tricky. Yeah, dude, I don't know. Oh, I could go hard in the paint. And I'm going to miss this. Daniel Craig so much is going to hurt my heart when someone else gets cast. But I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, Casino Royale is the best one. Hands down, not even close. Um, having Vesper uh, in the movie uh, or Eva Green play Vesper mm-hmm. was a great touch. The whole casino um, section of it section was masterfully done. The opening parkour scenes are masterfully done. Um, it's just it it was everything James Bond is supposed to be, and I think they spent so much time doing that in the first movie that they kind of lost it in um, in a search for a story, which yeah. James Bond isn't known for. And I think that's what makes this James Bond different because no other James Bond has done that. This one has story, but it makes it a departure and it was a risk. And that's what I didn't really like about the Daniel Craig Bond movies is like I watched Casino Royale and I had the same opinion you did. Like, oh, this Daniel Craig guy, he rocks. Love this guy. And then you watch Quantum of Solace and they spend so much time talking about Vesper and like the organization that she was in. I'm like, why is this still important? I have forgotten like I have forgotten most of these names. And so then we move to Skyfall and they bring back even more names from a movie I already didn't really understand. I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe I'll get the next one. Maybe, maybe I'll get the next one. 
It's um, it's so difficult. This um you have to watch them. You have to watch them all. You have to watch them in order and you have to watch them in the span of a month or less because you need to remember names and you need to remember what happened. And there's callbacks all the time. Um, yeah. And if by the way, if you don't do that, some movies are just not going to be worth it. Guantam Sala, skip it. And No Time to Die, skip it. End it on Spectre. If you're not going to watch <laughs> movies, if you're not going to watch them, do you? And arguably take notes. And take notes or watch them very quickly. Casino Royale, Skyfall, Spectre, and you'll be fine. You'll be <laughs> totally fine. And to be honest, that'd be a pretty good freaking trilogy. <laughs> if they went into it with that trilogy, might have been a better might have been a better franchise. Yeah. Um. But instead they messed around and made him leave and come back and have a, a botched sequel with a horrible script and it was rough so um i loved it he's my favorite bond um it's not even close um and i'm really interested who they get next um the gap between bonds is sometimes less than five years so it's also gone longer um but we could see a bond by like 2023 2024 like that wouldn't be the craziest thing it's been five or six years you know pandemic granted between specter and scott or no time to die so uh, the crazy thing is this series has gaps between movies that are the same amount of gaps between actors playing James Bond. He played yeah, James so, Bond for like 15 years, which is the longest. Um, I want to tell you what I watched. I watched the Andrew Garfield trilogy, which is Amazing Spider-Man 1, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, yes. The Amazing Spider-Man 1 rules. Guys, the Amazing Spider-Man rules. I remember um, every time a new Spider-Man gets introduced, we're like, this is this who Spider-Man actually is. Because everyone who finished Tobey Maguire was like, listen, great trilogy. Um, but Andrew Garfield is the right age. He acts the same. And it felt more real. So everyone was hooked on him. Everybody. Yeah. I, I remember those movies getting kind of blasted. The the people that I saw did not like those movies. Um, the first one is definitely better than the second one. The second one is very bloated, not very Spider-Man heavy. So I will grant it that. However, I did cry at the end of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. It hurts, bro. And it hurts real bad. And I... I I, I think, and I also cried during The Amazing Spider-Man 1. Both of those movies made me cry. Um, <laughs> I I just really like Spider-Man. <laughs> and Andrew Garfield does a fantastic job at playing Spider-Man. I think he has the perfect amount of heart and uh, lack of confidence without being like, without making me pity him. I think right. Tobey Maguire kind of played the pity card a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but Andrew Garfield is p- just awkward and unconfident and, but I don't feel bad for him. All right. So if you had to rank Spider-Mans, you could include into the Spider-Verse if you want. Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, where are you putting them? Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland. From worst to best? Uh, no, best to worst. Holy crap, bro. Dude, Tom I- Holland? <laughs> Is I don't know. Bottom? Yeah. Here's the. I, so during doing my big MCU rewatch earlier this year, I realized I don't like Homecoming. Homecoming was not a great movie. <laughs> and I don't know. I think we I have not seen as much of Tom Holland's Peter Parker's 
heart yet. Tom Holland's Peter Parker does not have the scene where he's holding the bus in one hand and MJ in the other. Oh, so good, dude. Tom Holland does not have the scene where he's giving, where he's showing his face to the kid in the car off the bridge and letting him wear the mask so he would be more confident to crawl out of the car. Tom Holland does not have a scene like that. He doesn't have a scene where he's holding his loved one. And he's, he's my favorite scene and all Spider-Mans do this. And it's so freaking cool is when they're racing gravity. Yeah. They're Mm -hmm. falling, but they're trying to save somebody. So they're pulling things that are also falling to make them fall faster. Yeah. I think we're gonna have, I think Tom Holland is gonna get that scene in No Way Home. I think he is gonna get that scene, but it would take a lot for him to catapult himself above any of the other two. So that's kind of where I'm, that, that's my justification for that reasoning. Okay. Now, Tick, Tick, Boom is a musical biopic or biopic, depending on how you want to pronounce it, of uh, Jonathan Larson, who is the guy that wrote Rent. And uh, it is an autobiographical musical of uh, John Larson trying to produce his first musical and that musical fails and in the failure of that musical he writes Tick Tick Boom and Andrew Garfield plays Jonathan Larson and the the music in it is so amazing it is like I have been listening to that soundtrack for like two weeks at this point like it is my daily soundtrack now if you had Uh, to compare it to another soundtrack what would you put up there I mean, Rent, (laughs) it's written by the same guy. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, And so Jonathan Larson's music style is he will set up like a normal musical phrase. And then in the next one, he'll steal beats from the phrase after that to kind of make like two and a half musical phrases. And so it's almost like a run on sentence of music, Mm, Yeah, but he does it so well. It's like, I'll, I'll give you these few extra measures, John, I'll let you have this. Um, It's just, it's, the it is a very kind of by the numbers um do i give up my artistic life and settle for a comfortable boring life and you know am i willing to push my friends away in the pursuit of success that i is not guaranteed for me i think that's kind of the big theme of this movie is unguaranteed success and the pursuit of it yeah and the music is is so fantastic if you watch if you want to watch the movie and you don't like the music after the first two numbers then you just don't like that music that's fine um but i i love the music so much vanessa hudgens is also in it she's fantastic um she doesn't have much of an acting part but her voice is amazing her and andrew garfield blend so well together it is it is a movie for musical theater nerds it is lin-manuel miranda's directorial debut and i think he did a fantastic job with it um yeah do you think oh when did you know andrew garfield could sing this movie it was this movie i think he learned to sing for this movie Okay, because I had the same feeling. I'm like, because the thing is, is um, I almost said Gabriella. <laughs> Shout out High School Musical. Um, Vanessa Hudgens has been like a peripheral celebrity for me for a long time. Like she hasn't stopped making movies. 
but they're none you of them. You just haven't like, been watching them. I just haven't been watching them. Exactly. So I think this one is just another one I add onto that list, but a lot of people like it. Yeah. It's so, yeah. Andrew Garfield is fantastic. If you want like a, like isolated, this is Andrew Garfield singing. Uh, there's a song in this movie called Boho Days. It's just, it's 90 seconds, super short. And it's like the coziest yet most comfortable song I've ever heard. Um, I, I, it's a good movie, good movie. And, uh, and that's where, <laughs> that's where we're going to wrap it today. Next week, uh, continuing in our Dick Van December theme. We are watching Bye Bye Birdie, which I'm very excited for. Have you actually seen this movie? Nope, never seen it. I watched it when we did it, but that was 10 years ago, Alex. <laughs> Alex, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it feels like 10 years ago. 10 years sounds like it's too long of a time for anything to feel like 10 years, but it feels like a long time ago. Yeah. So uh, next week we're watching Bye Bye Birdie, uh, but that's where we're going to end the show. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.